If anyone can, needs the notes, um, we'll get the notes to you. Josh, did you get some? Okay, go. Back here. But I wrote this because I believe the, the message today and just something on God's heart today is for someone needs to hear this. And I wrote it this way. You can function in the dysfunction. In the midst of the dysfunction of a relation, of a family, of a work atmosphere, of a neighborhood situation, in the midst of the dysfunction, by God's grace, you don't have to live dysfunctional. You can function in the midst of the dysfunction. And then I wrote in parentheses or underlined, you can actually flourish. Not just function, but flourish. But a lot of that has, is a, has a conditions attached to it and the choices we make. And so I want to, uh, to pray that, Lord, would you, in these next moments, would you uh, speak to our hearts through your word? May it just not settle in our mind, but may it uh, explode in our heart. May there be combustion where we uh, sense you, we are moved by you, and we move from the place of encountering you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I think it was Easter Sunday. I'm not sure which Sunday, but I usually in a service, I ask the Holy Spirit, what are, what's on your mind? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? And I, I heard the, the phrase that Sunday, um, harvesting fruit. And I got up and I shared that. And I had, to, I had when I heard the phrase, I'm, I'm harvesting fruit, uh, immediately I went to John 15 to the parable that Jesus gave of the vine and the branches and how we can be uh, connecting where Jesus is the vine with the branch. And there's um, many that are, maybe you've been in a season of, of staying connected to the Lord, staying steady, staying faithful, but you're not seeing the fruit. And the encouragement was stay connected, stay steady, Stay faithful in the place of prayer and the t then you will see the fruit take place. You will see the harvest. Galatians 6, 9 says um, it, it, that you have need of endurance. It, sa it says if you sow, when you sow to the spirit, I forgot now what I said there. It says, oh yeah, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. We never know when that due, how long the due season is where we don't see the fruit harvested yet. We never know when the season's going to end exactly, but let's not grow weary in doing good. Don't quit allowing the Lord to have his way in your life and even prune you, even cut away. That was part of that word so that uh, fruit can come and you can see the harvest. And so I've been waiting for a time to kind of drill down a little deeper in this, this parable. And I feel like today is the day to do this because um, I believe we're in a season of, uh, of alignment. We're in a year of alignment. And so aligning our hearts with, with God's heart. And so it's like the idea of the vine and the branches, lining ourselves up as branches with the vine. And I believe that... Um, that God's going to move on this and, and, and help us, as I've said already, to, to not grow weary and to function in the midst of the dysfunction. I want to answer 
or at least try to answer some basic questions today. We always talk, a lot of Christians, we talk about the fruit of our life. What's the fruit of your ministry? I want to help try to answer, what is the fruit that we've been called to produce? How do we produce the fruit? And what does the phrase abide in the vine really mean? So that's kind of my goal today. These three these three uh, questions, try to answer them. And we may, if we have time, break up into a few little groups and, and talk about it um, with, with a little group. Um, we break up into groups. You don't have to say anything. It's not an awkward time like that because usually when you get in a group, somebody likes to talk. And, uh, and uh, others, and uh, there we go, and others like to listen. And others think about what's going on, what's, where do I go for lunch, you know? Anyway. I've been at all three places, so. So let's look at uh, the, the parable. John 15, 1 through 8, it's in your notes. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. And the first thing that stands out to me about this um, parable that Jesus gives, by the way, parables are where Jesus pointed to something that was seen so that people could see the unseen. He shared something that was familiar to give them a grasp of what was unfamiliar. So Jesus is trying to point them to that which is not seen. Scripture says to fix your eyes on that which is not seen. Scripture says that. Now that sounds like a, a, a paradox, right? How can I fix my eyes on what I don't see? Well, we do that by looking at parables, and Jesus was the greatest teacher of all time, so he taught in parables a lot of times. So, so the first thing that really stands out to me about this parable is that Jesus is telling us a huge truth. He's telling us that Christianity is primarily a relationship between God and man. It is not primarily a set of doctrines or creeds that we recite or theologies that we espouse. It's not just, it's not a, a religion as much as it is a relationship. In fact, I would, I put it in your notes, I think with little blanks there. Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. Now I'm not saying doctrine does, has, doctrine does have its place. What, you, what we believe is important, but it's just not the primary thing. And if we make the set of beliefs we have, the primary thing, I think we're going to miss out on the true essence, the true 
purpose of the Christian faith, and that is a relationship. Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. If somebody asks you, what religion are you? Or you fill it out for some sort of document, religion, religion, you know, religion. If they ask you, what religion are you? You don't have to be cute, but you can say it depending on the circumstance. You can say, well, I really don't have a religion. I have a personal relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ. We don't, Christianity is not a religion. It's being connected in a living relationship with the Godhead. We sang it today, God in three persons. And in this picture of the parable, this parable of the vine and the branches, we actually see all three persons of the Godhead that we are in relationship with. Let's look at this, this picture. You'll see this little tree coming up here. I think. Uh, there it is. Okay. Jesus is, he said, he, he tells, the vine is Jesus, right? He says it in verse one and in verse, verse five. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. So he says he's the vine. See if you can pick out the three persons of the Godhead here in this picture. Okay. The, the vine or the trunk is Jesus. The life of the tree, that, that which causes the tree to be alive and to be fruitful, is, comes from the sap. Every tree has to have sap. And the sap starts from the roots, goes up the trunk, and flows out into the branches. So what's the sap in the Godhead? It's the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 verse 10 says the spirit is life. So the life of a tree is the sap flowing up the roots, through the branches, out flowing into us. That's why we need to stay connected. Because if the life, for us to have the Holy Spirit flowing in our life, we need to be connected to the vine And so the vine is Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the the sap flowing through the whole whole tree. And then where's the Father in this? Well, Jesus tells that too in verse 1. He says, I am the vine, my Father is the vine dresser. The Greek word there is really farmer. It implies the one who owns the land and then who tends the crops, who who tends and cultivates and grows, grows the trees in the, in the land, on the lot. So he's the one, the father's the one who then prunes us and takes away things out of our lives that are keeping us from all that God has for us. We'll, we can talk about that at a, a later time. But it's important to see this. It's a relationship. Christianity is a relationship, not just a set of doctrines. I did get out of order there. If you can put up... A, an example here. I thought about a maybe a modern day parable. How many of you know who Michael Jordan is? How many of you know Michael Jordan? All right. So you can, this is his Wikipedia page, right? So you can look up here and say, boy, I know all about, just like I know all about Jesus, but do I know him personally? 
I can know he was born in Brooklyn, New York in 1963. I can know all about his championships, how many years in the NBA. I can know all about him and not know him. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. You, it's Christianity is more than just head knowledge. It's personal encounter. I mean, Michael Jordan doesn't come over and, and eat dinner at my house. So I know him, but I don't, I mean, I know about him, but I don't know him. All right, if anybody does, um, invite me over. All right. <laughs> Roman numeral two, what's the objective that Jesus is trying to illustrate? What's the goal of this whole picture of the vine and the branches? Well, it can be summed up in one word. The goal is fruit. God has called us, all of us as believers, to bear fruit. You don't, the vine doesn't stay the branches don't stay connected to the vine without the eventual result of fruit being produced. Now, if you look at the passage again, if you don't mind putting that whole, the verses up again, Michelle, you're doing a great job, by the way. John 15, and it's in your notes too. We see fruit. People say, well, I, I want to produce fruit in my life. Well, what, watch this passage. There's a progression of fruit production. In verse 2, it says God's progression for us is that we produce fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. Okay? He says there in verse 2, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So we're bearing fruit the vine dresser comes in and cuts stuff out of our lives so we can bear more fruit. And then verse 5, if you abide in me, it says, and, and he, you are the branches at the top there, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. So God's call for us isn't just, well, I just bear fruit like a flat line graph. His goal is fruit, more fruit. And over time, as you remain, as you abide, as those gatekeepers are in their slots over there, week after week, connecting to the vine, it's then much fruit. You wake up, you know, you're going along, you're abiding, you're going, ouch, I'm getting pruned. And a month later, two months later, a year later, you look back and you see more and more fruit coming forth from your life. Now, the alternative to bearing fruit, logical this morning, is not bearing fruit. Now, that's not a good thing, according to this passage. We can either bear fruit or not bear fruit. And if we don't bear fruit, the results... Sadly, fearfully, soberly, are that we are, the branches are cut, they wither, they're thrown into a pile, and they are burned. Now, I'm not sure what all that means, but I can say this. I'll, I've prayed over this. I believe the main takeaway for us today who are going for God is that we can 
squander our callings. We can cause the dreams and callings and plans and purposes God has for us if we don't abide in the vine, if we're not staying connected, those dreams and callings can wither, can die, and sadly be burned up. Now you say, well, how's that? Does that mean we all lose our salvation? Well, Jude 23, I don't have it in the notes, but you might write a little Jude, J-U-D-E 23. That's, there's only one chapter of Jude, so you just say the verse. It says, some people are going to be saved as of by fire. They will have gone through the fire. They'll still be in the kingdom of heaven. They'll still have eternal life. But basically, the things they spent their time, energy, uh, effort on will be burned up. And so it's a sober word for us. But the alternative, that's not God's plan for us, though. What did I just say God's plan was? It's that we bear fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. And if you've been feeling stuck lately, maybe you've heard this. A lot of you probably, oh, I've heard the vine and the branches forever. Oh, this is my 50th time to hear the vine and the branches. (laughs) Well, how's your fruit production? Well, I'm producing some fruit. Well, are you a flatlining or are you stair-stepping? Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. And we're going to look here in the last, next few minutes because I'm going to try to end here uh, before 11.50 just to give us time to break into groups because I want us to see how we produce the fruit. And then maybe you can hear from each other on this. So Roman numeral free, free Roman numeral free. what is the fruit that comes from our relationship with God. When God says he's looking for fruit, what's he actually looking for in our lives? I believe there are two main forms of fruit described in the New Testament. You see, a lot of people, you talk to a lot of Christians, they've got a lot of opinions about what good fruit is. I like to go to the Bible for my analysis of what fruit is. The first one is the fruit that's produced from connecting to the vine, the fruit of character. The second is the fruit of other believers brought to the Lord because of our lives lived before the Lord. Those are two things we find in Scripture that are fruit. The fruit of character and the fruit of other believers brought to the Lord because of our lives. So look at the fruit of character. The character that God requires of us can be summed up in one word, love. God's looking that the character, that love grows in our life. John 13, 34, he says, Jesus says, a new commandment, notice it's a command that I give you, that you love one another. Moses gave the 10 commandments. Judaism today has 613 commandments. Jesus summed all the commandments up into one. He said, it's that you love one another. He sets the standard. Now, this is amazing from this verse. Later on, he says that um, the standard is, he says, as I have loved you, the rest of John 13, get, this is 
mind-boggling. So you love one another. I'm commanding you. It says, as I, Jesus, have loved you in the same way, with the same intensity, with the same maturity, I'm commanding you to love one another. Now, think about it. How would that be possible? How could I love, sigh, with the love of Jesus by myself, apart from having the sap flow into my branch? Right? It would not work. But if we stay connected, the fruit of character grows up in my life, and I'm able to love people right. Number one thing when I was dating Suzanne, and I'd tell her as we were dating, I'd say, I'm wanting, I want to love you right. So I can say, I love you. We can get married, and, but I'm on this journey of loving her right. And I can't do it if I'm not connected to the love that's in Jesus' heart. He, and he promises, the way I love you, Glenn, you'll be able to love other people. Fruit is love. Now, Galatians 5.22, it shines a spotlight on what love is. And if you know, kind of puts love under a microscope, I found a little pear, you know, a little picture. Love, it, it's like one fruit, the fruit of love with nine different forms or nine manifestations of love. What's the fruit? Well, what's the fruit coming out of my life? Well, am I growing in love? Am I growing? Is the fruit of character growing? Let's read that. Look, it's in Galatians 5. It's in your notes. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love. Notice love is there first. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Really all of these different manifestations, or these different words here are manifestations of love. You could say there are nine different forms of one fruit. It's like in an apple, there are many forms of apples. I, I went to research and I found a little graph of nine different kinds of apples. Yeah. Granny Smith, I could, I could cover that up and have a quiz right now and see how many know there are apples. But there are nine kinds of apples in this picture, but they're all apples. There are nine manifestations of love, just like there are nine apples. They're all apples. So let me list them again. If you can take that down, please. And just, if you don't mind, do you have the verse, Galatians 5? I'm going to put it up there and just give us a moment to stop and look at it. And just check yourself. How's your fruit? How are, how are you doing? How am I doing in the production? Is there more? Is there fruit? Is there more fruit? Is there much fruit of love, of joy, peace? Long-suffering is patience, kindness, goodness. How am I doing on faithfulness? See, I'm preaching to me right now. How, how, Glenn, how are you doing on gentleness and self-control? And I'll, this isn't a condemnation thing. This is 
Terry, we're all works in progress, right? So we stay connected to the vine and we continue to then grow in these areas. B, the fruit, the second kind of fruit is the fruit of changed lives. Fruit of changed lives. Fruit of character, the fruit of changed lives. Now here you kind of have to follow a little logic with me. Um, God has ordained it since the creation of the world that when a tree produces fruit, that he put the seeds capable of producing another tree in the fruit of the original tree. So this was an, an old uh, organic apple from last week. But I thought, well, I'll just use that today. And there, there's a, if you can't see it, but there's a little seed in here. Okay, so the fruit, if we are producing fruit by connecting to the vine, there's seed in that fruit that then is capable of producing fruit of its same kind. Genesis 1 says it, it says 1 verse 12, the earth brought forth vegetation, plants, yielding seed after their kind. And there it is, I underlined it, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. So if we're not producing fruit, we're not producing the seeds capable of reproducing more trees. And so the thing is with our lives, we look and say, okay, how many other worshipers am I helping see produced? If I'm a worshiper, you see, let me go back, I'll just finish, I'll just back up a little. Proverbs 11.30 and I'll, and I'll start to worship. Worship team, if you can come up. Proverbs 11.30 makes this point really powerfully. It says, the fruit of the righteous is a what? Another tree. The fruit of the righteous is another tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. It's the same principle. The fruit with the seed in it becomes another tree because when a when um, when the seed drops into the ground, it takes root and grows up and another tree like the first tree springs up. You follow me with that? Then the next line interprets it. He who wins souls is wise. So what kind of thing are we doing? When we are staying connected, we produce fruit, the seeds come out and then they produce souls that are won back from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He who wins, we're winning souls. How many have heard the phrase, I'm a soul winner, right? Well, this is how, this is part of our fruit. How many people's lives are being influenced for the kingdom because of your life? The seed will produce another tree. Another believer like ourselves, a youth group like ourselves, a prayer warrior like ourselves, a worshiper like ourselves, a disciple, all different kinds of lives can be, ways people's lives can be influenced by us. I will say this then, in closing with this, because I don't have time to really develop it deeply. It's in your notes. How 
How do we actually see the fruit produced? And the answer Jesus gave there is by abiding in the vine. How do we abide in the vine? Well, I see two things from scripture. They're from John 15. You abide in the vine. Everybody tune back in. Uh, How do I abide? How do I stay connected? You know, do I jump around and, you know, go, what are you doing, Glenn? I'm abiding. (laughs) I'm abiding in the vine. It doesn't mean you change your tone of voice. It uh, it doesn't mean, fruit is not produced by so much human effort or by a religious program. It's not by, you know, all, you know, expending uh, outward performance. Fruit comes by abiding. It's more of a natural byproduct of staying connected. And so I abide, according to these passages, by number one, holding fast to the word of God. Jesus says, he who abides in me keeps my word. So if you're reading the scripture or listening to it or keeping your mind on the word, you are abiding in the vine. And then second, if you're obeying the word, if you're obeying his commandments, you are abiding in the word. Jesus says, John 15, 10, if you keep my commandments, notice the ifs. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments. The fruit is two things. What's the two things the fruit is? The fruit of character and the fruit of live believers brought to the Lord through our life. How the way is is fruit produced? Somebody help me out here. How is fruit produced? By abiding, by not stressing out, but by perform or performing religious duties, but by abiding. And how do we abide? By holding fast to the word of God and obeying it, doing what it says. Father, I ask as we come, take some time here to share with one another. I ask that you would help this to get into our spirits and more than that, Lord, that you would Strengthen us to abide and to produce fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. May we flourish in the midst of the dysfunction, in the midst of the shaking. In Jesus' name, amen.